Hello everyone and welcome to the It's Davies World podcast. This podcast is a journey of my life where I share with you the highs, the lows, the good, the bad and everything in between. Now this is episode five and I would just like to say thank you so, so much to every single one of you who has tuned in to the last four episodes and for all of the positive and incredible feedback. It really has meant so much to me and has made doing this worthwhile. So from the very bottom of my heart, thank you so much. Now, if you're new to my podcast and you haven't listened to any of my previous episodes, then I wanted to firstly introduce myself. Now, my name is Davey and I'm 35 years old and I live in Kent. And secondly, I just wanted to say welcome and thank you so much for joining me on this journey. Now, I started this podcast not so long ago because I lost my beautiful mum in May of this year. Words cannot express how hurt and heartbroken I am. It has absolutely destroyed me and broke me beyond any kind of repair. Now, I always loved music, always had my AirPods in, creating playlists, listening to music. But since losing my mum, I've not been able to listen to any music because of the sentiment and the emotion behind it. It was then I discovered podcasts and they have literally turned my world around and saved me. They've given me something to focus on and to take my mind off of what's going on in my life. It was then that I decided to start my own podcast to track my journey and to take you all along with me. And it was then that the It's Davies World podcast was born. I'm going to aim to put a podcast out at least once a week, but sometimes everything becomes crazy and life and work take over. But I promise I will try my very best. Now, if you want to keep in contact with me, then you can do so in the following ways. I'm on Instagram as It's Davies World. That will, you can send me a DM on there and see a little visual snippet into my life. You can also email me on itsdaviesworld at hotmail.com. And I also have a YouTube channel called Davies World with lots of exciting content. But anyway, on with this week's episode. So it's Friday and I've come down the caravan and I'm waiting for Luke to turn up. Now, I really needed to come down here this weekend and just have a bit of relaxation. We haven't been here for about three, four weeks, I believe. Um, and I've just had the most horriblest and hardest week in such a long time. And I felt like this week I've relapsed and I've started to binge again. Now, I know the reasons why, I can I can see the reasons why and although it doesn't make me feel any better and it doesn't change how bad I feel for doing it, it's important to recognise the reason why these things happen. Now, I've had a really stressful week this week at work with strict deadlines, it's a payment period for us and it's the last payment period before Christmas so it's obviously important to get all of the payments done get all of the um all of the people that work for us paid and 
obviously I'm still only working three days a week, so I, but I'm still doing five days worth of work, but in three days. So although I feel like the long weekend is beneficial for me, um, in terms of, in terms of my recovery, it's also, it's also hindering me at work and it's causing me even more stress to try and keep up with everything. I hate feeling like a failure. I hate feeling like I'm letting people down and I just hate not being able to get to getting things completed. That's, you know, I'm such a perfectionist and that's something that I'm really struggling with at the moment. So although I know it's going to be really hard, I am looking forward to going back full time in January and being able to try and get on top of everything that's going on at work and to start to feel like I'm succeeding again. But this week, obviously, has been a stressful week. The strict deadlines have just been absolutely manic. Um, And obviously, by having no strict deadlines in place has resulted in me skipping meals, which is such a dangerous combination. You know, it, it the moment you start to skip meals, um, for me anyway, is the moment that the binging becomes stronger and the want to binge becomes more powerful. Now, on top of not eating regularly... I'm also not drinking enough. I'm not leaving my desk to go and fill my bottle up with water. I'm not making a coffee at work. You know, I I noticed yesterday that um, I left my house with a bottle of juice. And when I left work at six o'clock yesterday evening, I still had that bottle of juice that hadn't even been drunk. So not drinking enough is dangerous in itself because you then confuse hunger with first you then believe that you know you're hungry you want food but you could actually be thirsty um so that's obviously been a big impact as well this week and also I've not took enough time for myself I've missed my lunch breaks I've not gone out at lunch times and you know done my walk that I normally do I've not gone and grabbed a Starbucks I've not taken some time out for myself. I've not left my desk um like I you know like I should do every hour just for like two, three minutes, um, you know, just to kind of recharge your brain. I've I've just been head down getting on with everything that I've got to do um you, you, to try and meet these deadlines. And obviously all of that is a combined effect that, you know, that that's the recipe for disaster. It's Christmas time, so the office is full of sweets, it's full of chocolates, it's full of biscuits, it's full of cakes, it's full of every sweet thing that you can imagine. And they're right by my desk, um, so it's easy to just say to someone when they pass by, I'll throw me one of those chocolates. And I know for a fact, for me, the moment I have one is the moment that the guilt kicks in is the moment that the negative feeling start, is the moment that I start hating myself. And it becomes, it, you know, it, it becomes such a battle. And then because I've had that one, that, that one bit of sugar, that one taste, that one, you know, 
I've had them, them negative thoughts. I then want to eat more to shut, to drown those thoughts out. And it sounds stupid because you're adding to the problem, but it doesn't feel like that at the time. It feels like you need more. My body needs more. My body's craving more, you know, and I know that all of that goes back to skipping meals, being hungry. Therefore, my body's seeking out, you know, my body's seeking out energy. So what it goes for is the quick form of energy in the form of sugar. So I have that. I then feel guilty. I then hate myself. I then end up eating more and it goes round and round and round and round and it becomes a vicious circle. And you just, I I can't get out of it. I can't leave that circle. You know, it's, I feel like for the day I'm trapped in that vicious circle. I can't then, okay, draw a line under it, move on. The next time, you know, at the next meal time, eat something healthy, get back on it, eat protein, concentrate on the right stuff, and then just draw a line under what's happened. I can't do that. For me, until I go to bed, the day, until I go to bed, I'd, I'm still in that vicious circle. I'm still going round and round and round and round and doing all of that stuff over and over and over again until I go to bed that night I can't stop when I wake up in the morning I wake up with a fresh new perspective and then it's not long until obviously it starts again but why can't I go into the next meal time with that fresh new perspective it's it's so difficult it's so hard and it's something I'm trying so hard to work on, but I just don't know how, I don't know how to do it. I just, I've been trying for years, but I just, I, I don't know how to conquer it. I really, really don't. And it's just affecting me in such a way that I just can't explain. And to add to my week this week, we finally got round to putting the Christmas tree up at my mum and dad's house. Now, it was something that we was all dreading, something that none of us wanted to do. We was all so dreading it, heartbroken at the thought of having to put that Christmas tree up and my mum not being here. Now, Christmas was my mum's favourite time of the year. She absolutely loved it. She was like a big kid at Christmas. She was all about it being special, all about it being a family time, all about the magic of Christmas and to put that Christmas tree up without her and knowing that she's not going to be here literally tore us all apart. But we all knew that we had to put the tree up. We all knew that we had to carry on the tradition of Christmas for Brooklyn and for Bo. Now we know my mum would be so heartbroken if she could see that that Christmas tree isn't up because she would want us to carry on. She would want us to give the girls the best Christmas in the world, just like she used to do for us. So we all decided to do it as a family. Um, we left it as long as we possibly could and then it got to the point where it was kind of forced upon us and it was something we just had to do. 
it was so hard because it it was just all of those memories of all of the previous years of putting that Christmas tree up. Now we've had that same Christmas tree I for so many years. I think I was little when we got that Christmas tree. It was huge, such a big Christmas tree. My mum wanted a new one every single year. She wanted to get a new Christmas tree, but my dad was adamant that this tree still had life in it and we was going to keep this Christmas tree. So it was just the memories of putting that Christmas tree up every single year. We would put it together, put it up as a family. You know, we would all be there. All of us would be, would take an active part in it. There would be arguments. I'm not going to make out that it was, it, it was all, you know, joys, joy and laughter. It was, there was arguments, there was swear words, you know, there was, it was, it was a typical family time and the tradition of that and, you know, has, has been with us for all of our life and, and now, to not have my mum here anymore it just feels like every tradition has been broken and it literally has destroyed us this week. Now, as I said previously, when my nan died, my mum still put the Christmas tree up. She still forced herself to get into the festive spirit for for us and for Brooklyn and because she wanted life to go on and I have the most respect and admiration for her to be able to do that because I don't think I realised then how strong she was to do that because I honestly don't know how we're going to cope. I don't know how she coped. So it makes me, it gives me so much respect for her, for her bravery that she went through that. Now, when we was putting the tree up, we got all of the boxes out and all of the Christmas decorations was in the box. You know, the memories that was attached to every single decoration is unbelievable. You wouldn't, you wouldn't think that a Christmas ball ball would hold so many memories or a strip of tinsel would hold so many memories there was so much happiness attached to every single decoration and it literally, it was like opening up a photo album, you know, and with all of those memories and all of those good times, you know, in there. And, you know, there was, we, we got this, um, I remember being with my mum in Lakeside and we bought this, it was like a Christmas tree There was that, that she had two. There was one like a Christmas, shape of a Christmas tree um, and then it said the Baverstock family as if it, that was the tinsel. Um, and then she had ball balls on this tree that had our names on it. So you had mum, dad, Davy, Billy, Hayley and Brooklyn. And then she had like another ornament, which was like on a fireplace. Um, it was like a fireplace and she and it said the Baverstock family on the fireplace. And then it had all of our names on like the stockings hanging off of, off of the fireplace. And the memories of, of that, the memories of standing with her for, for hours, 
getting it right, picking the one that she wanted and waiting for the woman to make it and the excitement and and happiness you know, and how proud she was of these decorations. And I remember getting her getting it into the car and saying to me, watch where you put your bags, you smash my decorations, you watch what happens. And she was so proud of them. And to look at them now and to see them, and it was like a knife being, ta- like being taken to my heart. It, it just, it's so, so sad. We always we also had like a decoration um, of a robin. It was just like a robin that used to clip onto the tree. And every single year, when we put that Christmas tree up, we would play find the robin. And I can't even remember what we won if we if we got the robin. Um, but it would be hidden somewhere on that tree. My mum would make us all go out the room. She would hide it on the tree and then bring us all in. And we'd have to then, from a distance, find the robin and. I think I always lost because my eyesight is so bad that um, I don't think I ever won, to be honest. But just the just the memories of those kind of games as well, and and it just all resonates with you know with family and Christmas and just just all those good times. And in the box as well this year, there was some like chocolate decorations. You know, you get like the chocolate balls, um, what you hang on the tree. And my mum would buy, she'd probably buy about 20 packs of them throughout December um, because we would always secretly eat them. Um, Probably more me than anything with regards to, you know, with the way I am with my eating. But we would all participate in, you know, nicking this chocolate off the tree. And even Brooklyn started to do that as well. And my mum would be so angry she would the swear words that would come out of her mouth when she'd go in there when she'd notice that the she'd say that tree's looking a bit bald and then she'd look and she'd go ah no who's that my chocolates and we'd laugh and especially if it wasn't you that ate them no one else would own up to it and my mum would go what we've either got an effing ghost in this ass or some one of you is lying to me. Someone has ate them chocolates, and she'd be so angry. But it was like a tradition that we would do that, and and we found some of those little chocolate decorations in the bottom of the box where she'd obviously. Um, and I remember her packing it away last year actually, and she went and I said to her mum, "You're going to throw them away?" And she went, "No, I tell you what, this is the first year where it's been chocolates still left on the tree." Come January, she went. So no, I am not throwing them away. They're gonna. They. I'm keeping them for next year, and I'm gonna put them on the tree next year. And then when one of you decide to steal the chocolate next year, you're it'll be an out of date chocolate, and I hope you choke on it. And 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 I just see that I see them in the bottom of the box, and it just made me think of that, and and just gave me that warm feeling of of the happiness that we had, and it just it just goes to show that. Only someone who has experienced such a great loss in their lives, only someone who has lost someone that they love so much and they've got so many memories with, only then would you understand how the memory of something little and insignificant like a Christmas ball ball can just make you cry and literally rip into your heart. Only someone who's experienced a great loss can understand that. So it's it's just been 
such a hard week. And as I said, you know, I've binged and I haven't been able to stop myself. I haven't been able to say no. I've just carried on doing it. And it's because I know I find comfort in food. I always have done. And as I've said on a previous podcast, the only thing when I'm feeling like this and I feel like my life is out of control, the only thing that I can control is what I put in my mouth. It's the only thing that I can control. And although when I binge, I'm out of control, as I said earlier, I still feel like I'm in control. And it goes back to what I said my eating relation my relationship with food is my best friend but it's also my worst enemy at the exact same time and it just goes round and round it really does and i just can't seem to stop i just can't seem to stop doing it i just i just can't and it just i sit there and i listen to these sayings of like Life goes on. When you've lost someone, life must carry on. But I don't understand how the hell that can be so true. I really don't. I don't see where that saying came from. Because my whole world feels like it's ended. And I am trying every single day to be positive. To carry on. I'm trying so, so hard I really am, but I'm exhausted. I just can't accept that my mum is not here anymore. I just can't accept that I'm never, ever going to see her or speak to her ever again. And you know what? Quite recently, I've been having moments, only small little split seconds where I forget And I get this nostalgic feeling of what it used to feel like before all of this. So there was a day I was sitting in Starbucks and I was having a coffee. And there was nothing going on at that time. I think I was listening to a podcast. I was listening to something. And all of a sudden, for a split second, I had that feeling of what it felt like to sit in that exact seat, drinking that exact same coffee nine months ago, before I'd gone through any of this. And it just reminded me of what life was like before. And I think there was another time, last week it was, me and Luke was walking the dogs and we got to a certain point point in our route which we take this route every single time we walk the dogs it's it's not a new route we found it's the exact same route and we've we went down this route we went down this um down this road and just out of nowhere I don't know where what happened how it happened but like a bit of sun kind of shone through and for that split second again I had that feeling of what like life was like before, of doing that walk nine, ten months ago. And it just, it felt so nice to remember that feeling and to remember how I felt back then. I can't explain it. It, it's, it was such a moment. 
it was a reminder of the old me. Just for a split second, I forgot what had happened. I forgot what we'd gone through. And I'd forgot that my mum wasn't here anymore. Just for that little split second. And then, then it just hits me like a wave. Just literally, just took me off my feet again. And that's what leads me to what this podcast is about. Which is riding the wave. And it's important that we need to learn how to ride the wave because emotion is going to come in waves you know there's going to be times where that wave you know isn't as fierce it's you know it's just bobbing around just bobbing along and then there's going to be moments where the there is one almighty wave and you know that will literally change everything and that's what we need to learn we need to learn how to ride that wave when i need to remember to make the best choices that i can when i can so when i'm not trying to ride this huge wave i need to be as good as i can be in every other area of my life and it's reminding myself that the wave won't last forever that almighty wave will eventually die down and will eventually become that little bit bearable and that little bit easier. And it's always remembering that, that the wave isn't going to last forever. And before long, I will be back on solid ground. Before long, I will feel, I will feel the calm beneath my feet and I will be able to pick myself up, dust myself off and just coast along until the next wave hits. And I need to be kinder to myself and accept that this is going to happen. It's going to happen again and it will happen again and it will happen again. And I need to learn how to deal with it but also not to put too much pressure on myself and to be a lot kinder to me than what I have been lately. That's one of the most important things that we need to do is we need to remember that we are trying to get through this as best we can, whatever area of life it is, whether it be grief, whether it be a relationship breakup, whether it be stress, whether it be problems at work, whether it be problems with our eating, whether it be trying to lose weight, whatever it whatever it is, we need to we need to talk to our we need to talk to ourselves as though you would a friend. So if my friend phoned me up and told me all of the things that I'm going through, my friend was to ring me and tell me all of those things she was going through those things. I know what I would say to her and it would be a completely different speech than what it would be or what it has been um, for me to be going through it, if that makes sense. I wouldn't say to her what I say to myself and that's what we need to remember is we need to treat ourselves, ourselves as a friend and not as 
this disgusting person. You know, we need to remember that our body and our mind is trying to take carry us through as best as best it can with all the resources that it can and you know we've never experienced this before we've never gone through this before so our bodies are trying to pull us through in any way that they can and we need to respect that and as I say be kinder to ourselves and that brings me to the end of this week's episode I hope you all enjoyed it please continue to rate and leave me a positive comment Subscribe if you're new, share if you can, and I shall speak to you again in the next episode. Thanks for listening. Bye, guys.